Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Uh, I'm thankful for everyone who's listening today. This will be the last episode of January, I believe. Uh, it's crazy how fast the month has gone by. Um, and I, I want to start off by thanking everyone who has uh, supported the show over the last year and a half now. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy how, how time flies. I want to I want to thank everyone who has, especially those who have partnered financially with us. You know, I want to remind you guys that if you support the Katina's ministry, uh, you're also supporting this show. You're supporting the podcast and this wouldn't be possible if it weren't for people like you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, and I want to remind you that if you'd like to become a partner of the show or a partner of the Katina's ministry, the best way to do that is to go to thekatinas.com. Uh, once you're there, you'll see a give button on the website. Just click that and it'll take you to where you need to go. So thank you for doing that. Okay, today's episode is a good one. Uh, today's guest is a good one. It's someone who I've had on the show before, uh, and I'm thankful to have him here today. My Uncle Jesse Katina. Uncle Jesse, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Josh. It's always a, an honor, and it's a good time when I'm with you, man. And uh, so thanks for having me again. Of course, yeah. I'm excited to talk with you. We, we were just talking about um, the Lakers and talking about life. And I'm sure we'll get into that as the show goes on. But um, I'd love to start off the show by asking you something that I've asked you before um, when you've been, on, been, as, been a guest on the show. And this is a question that I ask everyone. And so I know that you know it's coming, but I was just going to ask you, what's going on at home? Oh, thank you, Josh. Uh, wow. Well, since the last time, you know, we uh, made it through 2022 and uh, ended it well. <clears throat> Busy season for myself and uh, the rest of my brothers, your uncles, we're pretty busy with a Christmas tour titled I Need Jesus. And uh, man, we had a good time. Great time. We did like 27 shows in 24 days. Wow. And in that time span, we even managed to have two or three days off. And uh, what was really special about this this time around was we had uh, some of our kids and nephews out on the road working together with us. And so that made it fun and brought a lot of energy being that they're young. And so uh, we had to figure out how to keep up with them. But we wrapped that up. And then uh, we had a great Christmas, my family and I. Uh, I think this was one of the few times uh, since Auntie Jessica and I have been married for 20 years that we had Christmas alone just with our kids, no friends or 
anybody else outside of our immediate family. We normally have my in-laws spend Christmas with us, but this year it was just the five of us. So it was really, really relaxed. And uh, we did that a few days after Christmas. Our entire Katina family, like we do uh, most New Year's, uh, during New Year's, we try to get away. We go to the cabin in the Smokies, Gatlinburg, and spend a few days just reconnecting and just laying low for a few days. And so we did that. And uh, shortly after that, we, man, we found our way back to our office, the five of us <laughs> brothers. Here's the funny thing, man. We got together and you know, we prayed uh, like we normally do on Mondays. And after we prayed, we we had a few things written down on the whiteboard as far as the agenda and what to cover and <clears throat> try to strategize. But man, we all had to admit that we are still uh, just kind of in relaxed mode. Mm-hmm. And it took us a while to get going, but here we are a few weeks uh, removed and uh, we're right back in the grind, man. And so that's pretty much what's going on as far as our ministry. My family, my kids are still in school. Mira J is uh, homeschooling and She's busy with that and uh, some of the things that she's pursuing personally with uh, acting and modeling. And Boston is hustling, man, to finish high school. This is a senior year. And Sammy is just, you know, she's she's just doing her thing, man. Sam's being Sam. (laughs) Well, Uncle, thanks for sharing that. I want to start off by asking you. So you talked about how having some younger people on the tour with you guys. Oh, yeah. One of those people was your daughter, Mary J, my cousin. Yeah. And um, I was lucky enough to see your guys' show here in Franklin. And um, Mira was, in my opinion, one of the highlights of the show. And so I'd love to ask you, like, what was it like having your daughter uh, join you guys on the Christmas tour, travel with you guys, and, and perform with you guys? What was that like? She was definitely the highlight of uh, of the concert for sure. Uh, every night, it was just it was such a joy to have her out. Now, this was my second go around with my kids. Um, a couple years ago, my son Boston, he was right around 14, 15 years old. He traveled with us for two and a half years. Yeah. He did our merchandise. He was doing visuals for us, and and man, as as fun as that was. As a dad, man, I, it was a challenging time. He was good. I was probably not prepared like I should have been. Mm. It was hard to balance, you know, being the employer and the dad at the same time and out on the road and where he was at in his own journey. Uh, so this time around, I, I tried to prepare myself a little bit more. And uh, Mira J is a completely different person. She's super bubbly and not a whole lot can go wrong with her personality, man. It's all good, man. So I had fun. Uh, now she did <clears throat> the first uh, few dates, believe we we're in Philly and Virginia, then coming back home, man, it was such a whirlwind that physically Mira got sick. Mm-hmm. And so I was having to be nurse <laughs> at the same time, but she made it easy, man. And I had fun. Uh, I was probably more nervous than she was. We rehearsed really, really hard before the tour started. And I still wasn't 
100% sure how it was going to actually turn out. But man, she she had never sung on a stage like that before. So I was kind of anxious to to see. And man, uh, there were a few times where I had to hold my tears, man. But yeah. she did awesome. Is there um, is there any advice that you gave Mira when it came <laughs> to being on stage? And have, any advice at all that you gave her? Yeah, I... I I think the basics, you know, Mira, just just smile. One of the things that I told my kids is, um, as far as nervousness, I'm not sure if there's any magical thing that you can do to get rid of that. Uh, I've always told them, I said, hey, you know what, those nerves, enjoy them, because at some point in your career or in life, you won't feel uh, those nerves again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those nerves, they can work for you. Mm While you have them, just battle through it and enjoy the whole thing, yeah. the good, the bad, and, you know, uh, so, but, uh, yeah, she's she's super talented, man. She does so many things with acting, and so she worked with a vocal coach for about a month and a half before we actually went out, and I definitely saw the benefits of that on the tour, just her confidence and just vocally. She was, uh, she did great. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to ask you, Uncle, because I'm thinking about like people who get nervous on stage, or uh, I, I feel like that's a normal thing to get nervous. Oh yeah. But I'm curious. I guess this will be a two part question. One, when was the last time you were nervous for a show? And two, what was the most nervous you've ever been for a show? When was that? The last time, man, that's a good question, Josh. I think every night on this last Christmas tour, there was a level of nervousness, mm -hmm. uh, not just with myself, but all of us brothers, because there are so many things that have to go right, right. you know, to make this show uh, good and as impacting as we hope. And so, uh, yeah, every night there's a, you know, we're always nervous and I, and I like that. Yeah. I think sometimes you can walk out just like, Oh, I know how this goes. And, and you just do it. And, and after the show, it's like, man, what was that all about? Mm -hmm. You know, um, the most nervous I ever was, I don't remember what year it was. We were in Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> I don't remember. This is uh, the older stadium for the Minnesota Vikings. And we were asked to be a part of the Billy Graham crusade. Wow. And uh, we were backing up Cece Winans. And she was a special guest that night. And uh, I remember being in our dressing room. And obviously the dressing rooms are tucked far away from the actual stadium. So you can't really... Here we did sound check, and you could just imagine 60, 70,000 uh, seater. And we walk out, man, and the place is jam packed. And uh, I just thought, wow, this is at least up to that point, it was probably the biggest audience that I had ever sung in front of. But there were several things that were just going through my mind. Billy Graham was a hero of all of ours. I remember being a little kid and American Samoa, we only had three channels. And on Sundays, it seemed like only one of them worked. And uh, they would show Billy Graham 
crusades and services, and John and I were just watching. Never imagined in a million years that we would actually uh, perform at one of his uh, crusades. So, man, that was a that was a crazy feeling. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I I often wonder, like, first for people like my dad and his brothers who have been doing it for who have been performing and been on stage for over 30 years now, like what, how, how do you still get, you know, excited or, or psyched up for, for a show or how often does it, does it happen that you're, you get nervous? And it's interesting to me to hear that even on this past Christmas tour, those nerves were still there for you. And I'm sure there's been a lot of shows where you felt like, wow, this is a lot. Um, but um, I, I do want to talk to you about uh, something a little different and something yeah. that probably makes you nervous as well or has made you nervous because this month, actually, uh, I know that you and Auntie Jessica celebrated 20 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I talked on, I, I think there was an episode that came out on your guys' anniversary. And I was, I, I mentioned that I was a ring bearer at your guys' wedding. I was yeah. lucky enough to be part of that day. But it's tw- it's been over 20 years now since you guys got married. Yeah. Um, and I just would love to hear from you, Uncle, as someone who's been a husband now for over 20 years. What have you learned from marriage in the, in the last 20 years? What have you, what has changed about you? And, and what has 20 years of marriage taught you? Oh, thanks for asking that, Josh. Yeah, I, I would like to think that in the 20 years, uh, she and I both have evolved into different people and hopefully for the better. Um, when I got married, I was actually older than most people that get married. I was 28, getting ready to turn 29. So I was I was older. You were ready. Yeah, I was ready. <laughs> But also, I think I was single for a long time, and I, I remember I was uh, set in my ways a lot. You know, I knew what I, I liked. Uh, I just loved the pace that I was going at. So when I got married, I thought, "Ooh, man, I actually got to think about someone else. It's not just up and go at my own speed or do what I want to do. But man, didn't know that it was going to work to my benefit. Uh, sharing life with Jessica has meant the world to me. Mm. She's an incredible wife. Uh, doing what we do, you know, a lot of people, social media, they, they're interested and uh, appreciate our music. Uh, but a lot of people don't really know much about my wife and uh, simply because she's probably more on the private side. Mm-hmm. She's not on any social media. And uh, so a lot of times people will ask me, man, Jesse, are you are you really married? I, we don't see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. My wife is just really, really low key. And, uh, and I, I really appreciate that about mm-hmm. my wife. Uh, she's always working, always working, man. She's a great mom and she's fun to be around. And uh, really when I get home, she knows this and it bothers her that I just, I physically just want to be with her all the time, whether we go to the grocery store. But you know, when I come back into town, she's thinking the opposite, like, oh, thank God you can have these kids. Let me just get some time by myself. And so, uh, 
but I'm, I'm grateful, man. That's awesome, Uncle. Well, congratulations to Thank you, you, Nancy. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by you guys, and you, you, are, you two are one of the couples that I know Alexis and I look up to. Oh, appreciate um, it. I want to talk to you about a new marriage that I know that you were a part of this, was it, I think it was last weekend or, yep. or two weekends ago, you were um, at the the marriage of Uncle John and his new bride, Shelly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to ask you, what was that like and how did the wedding go? Dude, it was so cool, man. I mean, just the venue, the scenery, uh, hopefully I'll do it justice. So we we're on top of this hotel, the rooftop, and it overlooked the Oceanside Beach. We were right on the pier. And matter of fact, uh, right beneath us was the actual house that they uh, moved from a different location. It's the Top Gun house. Wow. And so uh, that was kind of an attraction that they brought closer to this hotel. The weather was, it was gorgeous. It was probably... I don't know, high 60s, low 70s, clear blue skies. And uh, that's where they got married and just some close friends. And uh, what was interesting was your dad, our brother Joe, he's officiated uh, several weddings in the last few years, but this one was different. Uh, your dad came up with the idea that all of us brothers would officiate this wedding together. And so speaking of being nervous, I was nervous that I'd mm. never done it before. It was new, uh, so but I was excited to do my part, mm. and uh, so I got to do communion for them and do the ending of the wedding, and I pronounced them, uh, you know, husband and wife, wow. and told uh, Uncle John, "You may now kiss your bride, <laughs> man." And so it was special, man. It was really, really cool, man. Awesome. I'm happy for John. Yeah. I do want to take a moment to congratulate Uncle John and Shelly. I'm not sure if you guys are driving back from Oceanside uh, or you guys might be on your honeymoon. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think I heard Hawaii on the honeymoon. Yeah, actually, uh, he's probably just uh, an hour or so away from uh, their drive from California. Oh, but wow. I, I know this weekend they're going to fly out to Hawaii for their their honeymoon. Wow. Kind of jealous, man. Yeah, me too. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to have Uncle John on the show. Oh, yeah. Soon to ask him about um, how the wedding went and how Hawaii was and all that stuff. But man, so super excited for you, Uncle John and Shelly. That's um, a great way to start the new year. Yeah. Well, Uncle, um, the next thing I want to talk to you about, you, you mentioned it at the beginning, is you have a uh, you have a high school senior who is mm-hmm. months away now from yep. graduating. Boston, if you're out there, bro, I'm uh, <laughs> excited for you. Yeah. Uh, the world is in front of you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to you about what's it like to have uh, a son who is, he's close to the end of his education, at least as far as high school goes. And um, what what kind of conversations are you guys having right now? just about his future? Well, for me as a dad, we're going back to being nervous. And uh, (laughs) I've had those emotions a lot. But uh, Boston is a sweet young man. Um, I love being his dad. Uh, We've had our ups and downs, uh, you know, and 
the last few months of just trying to figure out exactly uh, direction after high school. And uh, but I'm always reminded, man, that God, God is in control. We don't have to know it all. We just have to be open to Him. And uh, He's so talented, mm-hmm. Boston. He has so many gifts. Like I said, He He was on the road traveling with us for two and a half years. He did our visuals. He did a great job with that, uh, selling merchandise. And so he has a desire to to go to Lee College mm. and uh, Lee University. And uh, so hopefully that'll work out. And if it doesn't, man, he's a hardworking young man. And uh, so as his dad and Jessica as his mom, we're going to be there to support him and just help him through it, man. That's awesome. PG, if you're... I'm excited for BG if he does go to Lee. Uh, his cousin Rivers there. Oh yeah, which is that's always a yeah. uh, a nice thing. I, my, one of my favorite parts of going to Lee was being there with my cousin Jackson. Okay, and um, my cousin Kate was there for a part of the time, and then uh, well, actually, my cousin Callie was also there. Yeah. And Dylan, yeah, Dylan ended up being there towards the end of my time at Lee, yeah. but. Jet's, yeah. Jet spent a few weeks yes. there, man. Jet. <laughs> Jet, Jet actually was on the show here a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I don't know if you heard that. But, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I'm, if Boston does end up being there, I think that he will. Uh, I actually think he'll thrive there. Yeah, you know, uh, another thing about Boston, uh, close friends would know this about him and definitely his family. Boston is, he loves fashion. Mm. And uh, some people think he got probably got it from me i don't know i mean i I was into clothes but not to this extent Mm -hmm. he loves the details about it i mean he's always dad dad did you see what this person is wearing Mm -hmm. did you see what what's coming out the latest trends and i you know i'm just like man boss i don't i still like fashion but i don't know if i can keep up with the level that you're at and so he might have a future there in fashion i don't know yeah that is one thing that um i think i've talked with my cousin Kate on the show about that my understanding is very limited <laughs> and you know I definitely know what I like to wear yeah what, what I don't like to wear but there's some things about fashion that just kind of go over my head but uh, that's interesting to, to hear that Boston's really yeah he is in into it man yeah well the good thing for Boston is that he's young and the he can pick whatever he wants sure. to, 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 to go after. Uh, I, I really enjoy like, well, I think about myself at Boston's what? 17, 18, 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think about myself at 18 and the things that I was interested in. Um, and I wish that I knew when I was 18 that you can go after it and fail. Mm-hmm. And everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, uh, I I think when you're 18. Well, I just remember growing up in like a town like this. I feel like there was a lot of pressure put on seniors in high school mm. about like, you yeah. you got to take this test and you got to submit these applications. And yeah, if you do this, it's gonna look bad on the applications. If yeah. you do that, it's gonna look good or whatever. Which I think all of those things are probably good advice to a point. Um, but I also wish that when I was 18, I wish that I was given more of a license to fail mm. and more of a, um, a license to just try anything. Yeah. 
because, you know, if you mess up at 18 or 19, if, if, if you try something and it doesn't work out, yeah, you know, now you're 20 <laughs> and you still got your whole life ahead of you. I don't know. Yeah. And so I, if there's any 17 or 18 year olds or seniors in high school out there listening, yeah. let this be a message to you that. You should just try whatever you want to try. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't. But if it does, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're starting off early. I don't know. But yeah, Josh, man, that's so true, man. It, the, the saying is one day at a time. Uh, you know, I remember being 18 and just like snap your fingers and now I'm almost 50. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I, Jessica and I, Auntie, our, our desires to be able to walk with him in a way, like you said, where he doesn't feel uh, pressured in a negative way to know exactly what he's supposed to do in his future. I remember when I was 18, you know, I was out on the road with with the uncles and Uncle Yeti and Uncle Joe, your dad, they were basically my guardians. Mm. And man, they did not put pressure on me at all to figure it out. We were all in this in this dream together. And, uh, man, I hope I can be that way to, uh, to Boston. Just Mm. man, boss, we'll figure it out. And through the journey, try to enjoy it, the ups and the downs. And when you go through down times, you'll find your way out of it and you can look back and like, wow, we made it. Yeah. Thank God. Well, I think Boston is, is blessed to have parents like you and Nancy Jessica. Thank you. I know you guys aren't perfect, but I do know that, um, you guys support, your children mm. and you love them and really that's all that's all a kid needs yeah. is, is parents who who love them and believe in them so yeah. i know boston has that and i know boston's going to thrive in whatever he does next yeah um okay well i'll talk to you about i, I want to move the conversation into a different uh to a different subject and i know that you and my dad and your brothers you guys have been in the studio lately uh, spending time working on some new music. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to ask you, how has that process been? And, um, well, I guess I'll start off with this. What are you guys working on? Man, I was talking to the uncles about this project yesterday at our office, and this is like a, just a surprise project. What I mean by that is we've been so consumed with this Christmas tour towards the end of last year that that's really where our focus and uh, all of our attention was going into just planning it. And and so, but every moment uh, that we had that was free, it was really going into this project. And so it's produced by a great friend of ours who we've been working with for years. His name is Dan Needham. Great guy, uh, talented, a great producer. And so we would just go in the studio every, you know, off day that we had and, and record a song or two and then leave and start grinding on this Christmas record again. And maybe another day or two, we would go back to the studio. So uh, two weeks ago or last week, we finally completed the whole record. And uh, I feel like it just went by just like that, man. And so I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen back to these tracks, but it's basically a hymns record. And uh, man, these songs 
are amazing. Songs that I grew up singing in church. And there's some that I've, I've never heard before. But just lyrically, they're, they're deep. They'll, they'll stretch you. Um, but Dan did a phenomenal job with the arrangements and the, the, uh, the musicians that he brought in to play on mm-hmm. some of these, these tracks. They're awesome. And uh, so I really can't wait for people to hear this record, man. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. I think I've heard, I've heard a, a little bit of one of the songs. Uh, Uncle Yeti showed me it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm excited to hear the rest of the album after yeah. hearing. It. I'll say that. I, I want to ask you, Uncle, as a vocalist, is there any difference between the way that you approach going to sing in the studio to? how you approach singing like at just a normal show or uh, it, like when you're getting ready to go in and record your vocals for a project like this, what's your preparation like? And is there a, uh, is there a difference to the approach? There is, there is. And uh, I like to think that I'm a little bit more comfortable with singing in a booth, mm. you know, uh, and recording for a record. And I say that because you are able to try things. If you hear it back and you don't like the vibe or the approach, you can change it. Mm. Um, you have time to live with songs before you actually uh, get behind the mic. And where um, it's opposed to live, it's just <laughs> you got one shot to yeah. execute and you hope for the best. But uh, I'm very comfortable in the studio. Again, we've been recording from you know, since we were young right. and the studio, uh, the, depending on the producers that you use, you know, they create different vibes, you know, and uh, I'm comfortable with with all of our different experiences and different uh, places that we've recorded at. Mentally, you just kind of prepare emotionally, you just settle down and and just try to find a uh, a comfort level. So you can actually um, get the best performance uh, that you can. And so uh, for this particular record, it, I, I loved it because it's a little bit more simple, uh, not a lot of ad-libs. Uh, it's naturally soulful just because that's kind of our, our background, but not a lot of ad-libs. We're kind of sticking to the structure of the songs and... Uh, that tends to, I like to think that it suits me well. It suits John. John is, as a lead vocalist, he can do it all. So when we do more um, soulful songs, it lends itself to more of what Uncle John can do mm-hmm. with ad-libs and riffs. I'm a little bit more just straight ahead. And so uh, there's a lot of that on this record, mm-hmm. this hymns record. Well, I, I am excited to hear it. I want to ask you one more thing about just being in the studio. Because, um, you know, one of the interesting things about recording music in a studio is that you can take however much time you need to mm-hmm. get the right sound. And um, you, can do, you can do a lot of different things to, yeah. to, to manipulate the way a so- song sounds. Specifically with vocals, though, I feel like I've heard lots of different stories of things that people have done to uh, to deliver a vocal in a specific way. And I've heard of producers doing some kind of strange things sometimes mm-hmm. to to get a certain performance out of a vocalist. I I know I've heard from of of people having 
um, like a singer lay on their back when they sing <laughs> or, or um, yeah. you know, just weird things like sure. that. Is there anything in your years of being in the studio and delivering vocals, is there anything that stands out to you as like, wow, that was a weird way that we did this or that was a strange thing that we did that, that a producer asked you to do or anything like that? Yeah, there will be a few. Uh, people might be familiar with the artist Amy Grant. And uh, we were fortunate to travel with her uh, back in the day, man. I don't know, 20 years ago on her Christmas tours. But one of the tricks that she used in the studio <clears throat> was uh, when she was in the booth, she would eat Lay's potato chips. Huh. Have you heard about this? No, I've never heard. Yeah, so we were like, Amy, what's behind the Lay's potato chips? Well, the oil in the chips depending on what time of the day when you eat them, the grease, it kind of coats your throat a certain way. And so when you do ad-libs, it can cut cleaner, wow. a little bit more precise. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's one. I mean, you know, the honey and all. You can drink honey or gargle hot water with some salt and all of these things. But man, you know, our dad, he was... Uh, he was a different cat, man. Our dad just would wake us up early in the morning and five, six o'clock in the morning and we'd sing for hours. And wow. he just, ex he expected, man, our vocals to be warmed up mm -hmm. just naturally. Yeah. So that kind of carried on through our whole career, man. So all of us brothers, we don't, we probably should, but we don't, we don't do a lot of vocal warmups, yeah. but, uh, Hey, we made it this far, yeah. so uh, well, we'll stay with this. I've actually noticed, or I've talked to, I think, my dad about that, specifically for you and Uncle John. Like, I have never seen you guys before a show, like, warming your vocals up, like, la, 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 yeah, la. No. I've never seen any of that. Yeah. And I'm always curious, like, did you ever have someone tell you guys, like, oh, you need to be doing this? Or did you ever have a vocal coach that taught you stuff like that i i'm just curious where does where does that where's your foundation when it comes to that yeah from time to time we have it's been a while but again i mean it's different for everybody and this you know god's supernatural grace on us in our entire uh career none of us have ever missed the show because we've lost our voices yeah, I mean, I, yeah yeah it is amazing um but then you know there's some technical things to it um uh, i don't remember the last time we did a full show without using in-ear monitors mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sure we could uh i don't know if we would execute as well as far as our pitch and our blend you know when you're using wedges you tend to sing louder than you probably should mm -hmm. and that would probably take its toll on our on our vocals mm -hmm. Uh, so in-ears help, and then we also travel with a phenomenal sound engineer, Joey Casora, yeah. and he's been with us long enough to where, uh, you know, we talk about some details that, you know, people are probably unaware of, like, hey, Joey, I'm not feeling well tonight, so the mic is going to be super pressed up to my lips because I can't, I can't project as loud as I can, and he does a, he does a great job mm. in, in mixing our vocals well, whatever you guys are doing, it's worked this far. So <laughs> it's worked for this one. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, well, 
I guess I'll move on to what I know you really want to talk about, which is the Los Angeles <laughs> oh Lakers. Oh, my God, man. T- tonight, uh, I'm pretty sure tonight, Anthony Davis is coming back. Yes. And I'm pretty sure we also are maybe going to see Rui Hachimura yep. for the first time in a Laker uniform. Yeah. What are you... Um, well, let me ask you this. The Lakers season thus far, I think they've played like 50-ish games now. Uh-huh. Um, has it been... Are you are you happy with how, what you've seen? Are you disappointed? Is it what you expected? And I'm somewhere in the middle, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people know that we are huge sports fans, but me in particular, man, the Lakers, that is my favorite uh, team for sure. And so, man... On my free time, I, I like to just um, play these games in my head. Like, man, what would I do if I was a GM? Mm-hmm. I think I would do okay uh, in uh, scouting and f- putting a team together personnel-wise. Uh, management of the finances and trades, trying to do all that. I, I'm not a numbers guy, so I really wouldn't know how, how to crunch those numbers and how it all fits. But personnel-wise, man, the people that do know a little bit about the Lakers, they, Anthony Davis is back, and he's a crucial part of their team. Right. Uh, just his position, his skill set, his height, and what he brings on the defensive end. So I'm excited they get to get they get to have that. And then this guy, Rui, Rui Hachimura, man. I've seen him play for the Wizards a few times, and interesting. His size, 6'8", 230. And it's definitely what the Lakers have been lacking. So hopefully that kind of brings some stability to their team and a little bit more balance. And so I'm really looking forward to watching this game tonight. Yeah. My my wife, Auntie Jessica, she she cracks up. She goes, how come you don't want to invite anybody over to watch? I said, honey, when I watch games, it's different. She goes, <laughs> I notice, I notice you're like a coach. You rewind it, you pause it, you dissect it. Oh, and so uh hopefully i'll just enjoy it tonight yeah that reminds me of um when i was at at lee actually and i was rooming with my cousin jackson um i used to watch the lakers every whenever they were playing at night uh, on my laptop in my room and i remember uncle Many times I I would be yelling at the laptop, <laughs> and you know the Lakers they play oh, late. Over I know, here. I know. And so Cleveland, Tennessee, where Lee is actually an hour Another ahead of hour, us. Yeah. yeah. So it would be oh. eleven p.m. midnight, sometimes Goodness. even one a.m. And I'm yelling at my laptop. I remember Jackson would get mad at me because, <laughs> and I feel bad looking back on it. Like it's yeah. crazy that yeah. I was yelling at a t- yeah. at a screen. When oh my nothing I said affected the game at all. Well, this is the thing, Josh. So I don't yell. Uh, I don't yell, but I start getting real fidgety. My hands get sweaty. And Auntie Jessica's like, the Lakers don't even know you right. exist. What does it even matter? I'm like, honey, I'm just trying, you know. So the temperature definitely rises, man. No, it's a... Uh, it, it's good to be a to be that passionate at some level, but also there's some things that I think we just gotta let go. Of. Yes. But, well, you know, people people have asked me in the past, like, "What's your dream job? Yeah. What's your dream career, or whatever?" And my answer has always been, "I would my dream, dream, dream 
is to be the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. Dude, well, I'll be your assistant. (laughs) Well, it's one of those things I don't, it'll never happen. (laughs) And never know, man. But, um, I do spend time thinking about like if I were the GM. Oh yeah. What would I do here? What would I do there? And well, Josh, people don't know, man, that we're on this thread. Mm-hmm. The uncles and a lot of the nephews and uh, Jessica says, "What is your favorite part about this thread?" Because it's nonstop. I said, "This is terrible, babe." But the goal of our thread is to be the first to report breaking news <laughs> or uh, stating your case on what they need to do to better the, the team or to win the game. And if you're right, nobody really cares, but you just think highly of yourself, man. And so <laughs> I'm always on my phone texting what they need to do. And I guess uh, I need to find a way to get to the front office and tell them myself. <laughs> well, thanks to the thread, it has been probably six or seven years since I've missed uh, breaking news about the Lakers. I never miss it. Um, last thing about the Lakers, and this is more about LeBron James yeah. in particular, um, I believe he's like less than 200 points now yeah. from becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask you, in your opinion, he's going to break the record. When he does that, what will that mean for his legacy? Yes, he is. He's going to break it in the next uh, six, seven games, maybe less. I don't know. What will it change in his legacy? I, I don't really know. This has been an ongoing conversation with our entire family. Is he the, is he the GOAT? I think I've finally come around that he is. Mm. He is, he's the greatest, uh, just all of his accomplishments. So this one uh, being added, uh, it's just another thing that just solidifies it. Man, nobody's better. Yeah. Nobody has scored more points. And uh, so I'm just, man, I'm just trying to enjoy the remainder of his career, man, and what he can do. And he's still, he seems to be at the top of, his game at, at age 38, man, it's it's pretty impressive, man. And yeah. so uh, I'm just along for the for the ride and enjoying it all, man. Yeah, I I remember when there was maybe four or five years left in Kobe Bryant's career. Yeah, there was conversations like, you know, if he does X, Y, and Z, maybe he could get the scoring record. Yeah, and obviously that didn't happen. He got injured and. Um, but this is a record that has been, that has stood for decades now. And it's so interesting to me that the guy who it seems like is going to break the record is someone who isn't necessarily known for being like a scorer. Right. But he's just been good for so long that it's within reach for him. And Josh, check this out. So, you know, I watch a lot of, uh, interviews by other players some of his teammates and they all seem to say the same thing about him just the way he takes care of his body and I just thought what does that mean of course man you know but now I'm two years a year and a half from being 50 I don't really have a significant injury but man my body is just it's sore 
all the time. And I can't really function the way that I want to just because I'm limited. But yet I work out, I exercise, try to try to stretch a little bit, try to eat right. But yet I think it's just it's just natural. Your body just as you get older. So for him to do what he's doing on a on the basketball court, the way he's doing it. Yeah, it's a testament to whatever he's doing to take care of his body, man. Yeah. And it's a different battle for a guy like him who's six foot eight, <laughs> two forty, or whatever oh he is. Like, I can't I imagine. Know. I feel like there's just a whole world of different problems that come when you're that big and that athletically. You're doing the things that he's doing, and yet somehow he's he's found a way to uh, to to keep it rolling. I yep. I think I texted our thread uh, a month or two ago. I said. LeBron has to be on steroids. <laughs> I don't know how he's done oh it. Oh my god! I really don't know how he's thirty-eight oh, now, yeah. and he's still playing like he's twenty-eight. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, I hope he's not on steroids. Yes, yes. But if if it came out that he was, I can't <laughs> say I would be surprised. Oh my! I can't god. say I would be surprised. But, oh man! Well, oh man! Um, uh, I'll let you go. Um, we'll, we'll end here so that you can get home for the for the game to see how AD looks. That's one guy who his body's falling apart dude, all the time. Dude, my palms are sweaty already, <laughs> man. All right, Eminem. It's not going to take long before I see AD fall over, oh, and I'm going to be nervous that he's not going to get back up. But we'll see AD play. We'll say we'll see Rui play. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'll, I'll let you get back to that. Thank you for being here. Um, thanks for um, talking with me. And thank you, Josh. Um, I'll let you. Uh, uh, I've done this in the past before, but the first time I had Uncle Yeti on the on the show, he told me that um, there was a word of advice that he's he was given by someone who he really looked up to. Yeah. And the word of advice was this: Whenever you meet people, always leave them with an encouraging word. And so. I've enjoyed the opportunity that I've had to um, allow my guests to leave us with an encouraging word. And so I'd like to give that to you now. Thanks, Josh. Uh, let's see. What comes to mind is your dad started getting into uh, country music uh, probably a little while ago. And he used to quote the title of this song by Tim McGraw, Live Every Day Like You Are Dying. Mm. I'm like, wow, live every day like you were dying. That takes intentionality, right, to uh, to love like you should, to forgive like you should, not to be in a hurry or in a rush, but uh, to know that every day is a gift. And uh, so that's what I want to encourage everybody with, that man, slow down, take your time, love forgive, nurture, and foster relationships. Because really, in the end, that's all that really matters uh, is uh, our effect and our witness to others. And uh, so I'm grateful for, for God's blessing. But man, as we wrap up tonight, should the sun come up tomorrow, just uh, live it to the full. And so... That's a good word. Thank you, Josh. Well, thanks again for being here. Appreciate it. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.